Hello again, friends and leaders. Welcome back to What Leaders Want. I'm your host, Jay Delling, and it's here that we peel back the proverbial onion on how leadership makes the world go around. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3, the experts in leadership development, coaching, consulting, and healthy community culture. Canadis 3 develops people into leaders of people. I'm really excited about today. Today, my guest is a national expert in health through movement. Say hi to Tim Spooner, CEO of Spooner Physical Therapy, an outpatient orthopedic and sports practice. Tim is a keynote speaker and innovator in the area of health through physical movement. Tim, thanks for stopping by to talk about the impact leadership has in the healthcare space of physical therapy. Welcome. Thank you, Jay. I'm glad to be here, and I I just hope I don't make anybody uh, cry if we're peeling back the onion here. <laughs> I was at a Subway this weekend, and we were uh, ordering our food, and it was a young man behind the counter, and he was in tears. And and uh, you know, my significant other, she said, um, "Why are you crying?" And he said, "Because I just peeled an onion." <laughs> so. Yeah, no, we we won't make anybody cry. So, Tim, I'm I'm always intrigued with what brought people to their chosen profession. So many times it includes an influencer early in life. So what is your story about what triggered you to become interested in being an advocate for preserving, restoring, and enhancing the movements of the human body? Yeah, great question. Um, I, w- I always wanted to do something in medicine. Growing up in a small town in North Dakota, um, I had limited exposure, I guess, into other business avenues and that. And so I looked at I looked to go into the college, university, and saying, uh, "Me either going to be an engineer or an attorney or a or a doctor." And so I I was more inclined to help people and in, in that realm, um, that's where my heart is. And then when I looked at the medical profession. I looked at, you know, what are my traits? What are my personality traits? Um, I played sports all through college. I like to I like to move. I like to teach. And physical therapy is all about that. And probably the single most uh, influencer early was uh, I had an older brother that was also a physical therapist. Um, and he exposed me to several people who were excelling in the field. And a lot of them became my mentors. Yeah, it's really evolved over time, right? Physical therapy. <clears throat> And uh, you came in at a time where it was, um, you know, maybe kind of the good old West and and just through time and, and, and evolution, just the science of physical therapy has, has evolved into, um, y- you know, something that's a, a science and an art that it is today. Yeah, it, you're exactly correct. And there's there's plenty of reasons for that. There's been advances surgically. Um, with different procedures being done. Um, so I, I can I can tell you that when I started, they were still casting ACLs for six weeks. And if you told a student today that you would they would think you're crazy because nobody would do that. But you're you're right. We when I started, we were still kind of the walkers and walkers in the uh, in the hospital that got people out of the hospital. Um, but now today, our skill set is is completely varied from everything from pain science to pediatrics to, um, you know, working with head injury and stroke victims, amputees. It's it's just a wide variety of things, not just orthopedic and sports. 
So you have a large physical therapy practice in, in Arizona and Texas, which encompasses several locations. Um, what is your leadership secret and, and how do you balance the business success with serving those in which you lead? I've always been a big fan of, you know, I, 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 I lead by example. Um, I am going to empower you to be the best you can be and help help that person excel at whatever their passion is. <clears throat> For instance, I'm I'm much more of an orthopedic and sports therapist, but we have specialties from hand to pediatrics, neurologic, amputees, all these different things I'm talking about. And those are other people's passions, not just mine. And they want to do that. So you encourage them, um, you get them to the right training. Um, and then you create an infrastructure where they can be successful. There is a plethora of people out there that need our skills. And we'll probably get into that in a little bit, but let's just say that medicine does not know what to do with musculoskeletal injuries when they're early on. We tend to kick them down the road, mask them with some biochemical solutions, um, and not really address the underlying biomechanical cause. And we're the one person in the medical field trained to resolve those things and help pe get people back to what they're doing. Um, but if we wait too long, sometimes some of those changes become irreversible. And so there's a there's a psychological component there of people got to help themselves, um, but there's also a system error on where people should go today if they sprain their ankle. Where should they go? Go to an urgent care, go to an ER, go to an orthopod, go to your doctor, or should they see the one person that can actually help you restore function in your in your ankle and in your in your in your limb. And that's that's what we are. We're a primary care musculoskeletal expert. Yeah, and we're going to we're going <clears> to <throat> get into that a, a little deeper cuz I'm really intrigued with with that uh, idea. But let me let me talk about this. When when you grow as fast as you've grown, Tim, how do you ensure that the culture of the locations mirrors your vision for Spooner Physical Therapy? We have a we have a set of vision and values and we do everything through our vision and values. So how we take care of people, um, what we do, it's all on the wall. But more importantly, it's in the hearts of everyone that works with us. And so it's not me. We started it, me and, and that, but there are everyone who's in the organization has that responsibility to carry that culture forward. And so it is. It, it's you know we, those those values that we have we hire by them we discipline by them um, we celebrate through them um, they are they are the 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 glue and also the work that we do every day people you know you can you can you can talk about building a culture but it is literally brick by brick building and it's never completed you are always working on your culture because the next new patient the last patient that left your office, um, everything, uh, you know, has an effect on on that culture. So you're constantly in a state of repair and building. I love that insight um, and awareness about culture because culture can make or break 
uh, business. All right, let, let's jump back in the into the primary care uh, insight, which which I really like. Talk about this idea. So let's peel back that onion even even further. This idea of physical therapy as a primary care medical provider. Well, it 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 for musculoskeletal injuries, the things that you know the majority of people have um, at some time in their life. People are going to twist an ankle, tweak a back, hurt their shoulder, strain a muscle, go out and play, do do a little too much yard work, etc. <laughs> so a lot of you know Mother Nature by herself will help the body heal. That's a naturally occurring process. But what she does in that healing, she may stiffen a joint. You may lose some mobility. You may lose some function, um, and that starts to take away from your optimal functionality as a human being and it's not necessary it's 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 not uh you can fight those things and you can maintain that optimum and we have elite athletes well into their 80s that you know continue to um play national sports but when we look at where should they go um it has to do with the diagnostic ability and the treatment ability of what you're gonna do. Most patients come into me, within the first two minutes, they go, it hurts here. All right, so you've got a shoulder issue. But what's most important is not that they have a shoulder issue, they know they have a shoulder issue. They took time out of their day to come and tell somebody that. Um, what are we going to do about that shoulder issue? And we know from doing millions of MRIs, what degenerative changes look like, we know what something looks like over time. Um, we know through our evaluative process who could be helping or hurting that shoulder. Um, and now we got to look at what is the treatment involved? Did you want to just know that your shoulder hurt or do you want to actually get it better? Because there's, you know, getting it better um, sometimes involves, you know, there, there's a fracture, there's a, uh, there's a tear and it does need to be repaired. Okay get it repaired, but that's only part of the recovery. You know, you've got to get your motion, your strength, your function back so that the arm that they just repaired can actually be used for something you want to do, like go play golf or mm -hmm. um, go go play with your grandkids. So how does the coordination of, of care work, Tim, in, in relationship with um, the other specialties in um, – in healthcare, um, family practice, uh, for example, because when we talk about this primary care medical provider, um, you know, there has to be this, you know, this insight and coordination of, of care because those of us who are laymen think yep. of primary care as my general practitioner, for example. And he is, he is, he's a primary care medical provider. You need a primary care musculoskeletal provider as well to help your optimal health as you grow older. Now, we're going to go down a little bit of a slippery slope here because the system doesn't want this to happen, mm -hmm. right? They don't want a low-cost, high-valued provider to get people well because that would take away from a lot of the income that certain institutions, um, certain companies are 
gathering from higher costs, more expensive procedures. But the cost of human suffering is too great. We don't we don't need to do that. Yeah. What what's best for the client? What what's best for the customer? What's best for the patient? No, I I, I love that insight. All right. 85 percent of most musculoskeletal things are going to resolve on their own. And with a little bit of help, you can return to optimal things. So I don't think we need to take three MRIs, order five prescriptions, and possibly start poking people with needles and, and knives. Well, and 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 yet yeah, to that point as well, um, we're living longer. And so I yep. would want whether I'm in my 30s or 40s or 50s or you know, I'm 62 years old. I would want that care because I know that my life expectancy is now well up into the to the seventies, right? And so I want to be as healthy as I can as as I, I reach you know that age. And so if I can make that happen with this kind of new frontier, if you will, that's what I want as a patient, right? Yep, exactly. And you so you want to find that primary care that's going to take care of you on both sides. The challenge we have today is that the majority of primary care have been bought by large hospital institutions. Um, United Healthcare is one of the largest employers of physicians. How is that not a, how does that not sound an alarm to the American public that the largest top five, one of the top five company in America, which does not produce anything, has stolen from the American public for 30 plus years is now a large a physician employer. How does that not sound an alarm to the American public? Yeah, the, the alarms are going off in, in my head now. Uh, conflict of interest. So, all right, now we're at the point in the podcast, Tim, where we get to know you, Mr. Tim Spooner. I'm gonna ask a question or ask you to pick between two things. All right, right. here's the important part. There are no points awarded, no prizes earned. You get nothing. Are you ready? All right. All right, here we go. Let's go. So Tim is a, an outdoorsman. He's a hunter. He's a golfer. He's so many more things, but we're going to focus on those things in this getting to know me. All right. Hiking Yosemite National Park or the Grand Tetons? Grand Tetons. Catching a record trout or a record marlin? Trout. Hunting I get, deer. I get, see, oh. I get seasickness real easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that one's off the table, and and catching trout's fun. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hunting deer with a bow or a rifle. Bow. Yeah, you're an archery guy. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely an archery guy. All right, what's your favorite venison meat? Uh, be the be the uh, back straps or the tenderloin. Day one. Oh, and you would you would go along well. Um, we do a fishing camp at, at Table Rock every October. We we need to get you there because we we have a lot of venison backstrap along with our catfish and bass and and crappie. So, all right, your favorite hunting trip? Uh, it would be uh, a uh, I had an, a, a primo muzzleloader hunt. Um, where I was able to take a, a really nice bull in Arizona. Nice. All right, we're going to uh, tra transition to golf. You live in Arizona. Lots of great courses. I've played a few. 
TPC of Scottsdale or Troon Golf Club? Uh, True North, or are you talking True in the country True North. True North. True North. All right. Augusta National or Pebble Beach? Augusta, all day. All right. Here's Augusta National or St. Andrews? St. Andrews. <laughs> you sell out easy. <laughs> well, no, it, it, uh, I mean, it, you're, you're going to the birthplace of golf. Exactly. And as exactly. a, as a, as a purist, uh, that's it. Doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't. You're absolutely. And there's what seven or nine uh, courses to play, but we all want to play the main St. Andrews. All right, Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? That's a tough one. Um, I, they're they're both equally important in the game of golf uh, for elevating the golf during their during their lifetime. So, um, you know, I'd have to say Jack has done more production post playing um but we are, we are, we haven't seen that from tiger yet so tiger's or excuse me jack's input on the golf from design and management is is un, is incredible um as players they were both real dominant uh they had different uh different family values however yeah no doubt no doubt all right you can play one hole before the sun sets today you can either play the Island Green par three at TPC at Sawgrass or the par five 13th at Augusta National. I'm going to try the par. I'm going to try the par three at uh, Sawgrass. Why? I, it just it it looks so simple. But when you see the best players in golf miss, there, there's just got to be something about it. But it I, again, I think that has to do with the crowds and uh, what's at stake. You're coming to 17. And you got to get it on the green, you know. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, there's, there's so much about it, and I'd like to say that I'd love to be able to play number thirteen and get there, get home in two. However, yeah. I don't hit the ball that far, so I. I the, it, uh, so that it'd little be, nine iron or eight iron into that that little posted stamp green would mean a lot to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, your dream force, <laughs> dead or alive, you and three others. Um, I'd like to play with my dad, uh, my brother, uh, and probably my grandpa was a player as well. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to play, I'd like to play with family that I never got to play with. All right. Well done there. Tim Spooner, our guest on what leaders want, getting to know him again, no points awarded, no prizes. Um, but that was a lot of fun. Thanks for, thanks for playing along, Tim. All right, back to the ranch. So every conversation I have on what leaders want, Tim, include the topic, my most impactful leadership moment. Yours is very interesting and has to do with failure. Tell us about that period of time. Um, well, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd been in practice for about 15 years and uh, I would, you know, sh short answer is I, I'd successfully bankrupt myself. Um, I'd grown too fast and outgrown my cash. And I'd always led from the front, led by example, but I needed help. And it was that it was that moment of learning how to ask for help and getting help and realizing that they were more than willing to help me. Um, I just need to ask for it and learn how to lead and 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 assist from that from that side. So um, that was 
it was it was uh that it totally changed my approach to um facilitating people from that moment on oh what a vulnerable moment for you tim seriously <clears throat> i mean how you know i i i don't have time enough to count of how many leaders i've read about or actually met who um struggle with that concept of asking for help that's a that's a tremendous leadership characteristic in my opinion being vulnerable vulnerable in front is is it was was key and just to put it in context i had um at that point i had two sets of twin boys still in diapers and so chaos reigned all around me both at home at work um and i was i was bleeding profusely and um, need to figure out how to how to put a tourniquet on things very quickly. Well, two sets of twin boys. Did I hear that right? That's correct. Holy cow! Well, that's amazing. Congratulations, though. By the way, what I Thank mean, you. What, once you get you know out of the <clears throat> out of the weeds on that, I'm I'm sure that's that's given you you know countless countless uh, moments of of pride and, and fulfillment. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're doing great. They're they're 21, 23 now, and and uh, you know um, in their throes of professional development and growth. So it's always kind of fun to see the decisions and and you hope that the foundation that you laid for them is is uh, gives them a great platform to make those decisions. Absolutely. Um, you talk about putting healthcare into healthcare benefits. Break that thought down for us. So every, everyone talks about health insurance. I need to have health insurance. Everything on that little card that you get from a health insurance company is a barrier to care. It's a high deductible, copay, authorization, visit limits. All of these things are barriers to actually getting health care. Health care is that, is that precious little interface between a provider and a patient. Anything that gets in the way of that is noise and costs and adds to um, non-transparency. So when we think of health benefits, most people think, well, I'm going to get one of these large insurance companies and provide a benefit to my company. Well, as CEOs, you have a now a fiduciary responsibility that you're going to have to be looking at. There's lawsuits that are out there right now. Um, that are really exciting in terms of the disruption of the industry that will that will change it forever. Um, but putting healthcare means do you have a primary care medical side in there? Do you have primary care musculoskeletal as your first line of defense? And if you do, kudos to you. But I can tell you that um, th those will be less than. 2% of the plans that are out there. Because the dirty secret is, is that a large insurance company is not interested in lowering healthcare costs. A large hospital chain is not interested in lowering healthcare costs. Pharma is not interested in lowering healthcare <laughs> costs. Those are the three largest lobbyists in Washington. And with a $5 trillion industry that has third of it being waste, they have successfully positioned themselves and legislated themselves where they will 
want to keep that. However, 50% of Americans get their health benefits from their employer. And employers are poised to make these changes. It's not going to come out of Washington. It'll come from everyday employers buying better benefits. And there's lots of solutions that exist in the marketplace today. All right. Good good thoughts. Good thinking. Tim Spooner, our guest, CEO of Spooner Physical Therapy. Tim, what one of the many things I like about you is how you look at reinvesting in your employees. Talk to us about where that leadership thought comes from and how you tie it into wasted healthcare spend. So the, just judging on, or going by that previous topic, when we changed from a large insurance company to what's called an unbundled self-insured plan, I was able to you know, give my employees back um, premium dollars. So instead of wasting it on premiums, they are now able to have that in take-home income. So there's an invest reinvestment there. The first year was like $1,200 to every employee. It was awesome. Um, I was able to lower our deductible from you know, $3,000 down to $500. Again, take-home income for my employees that they get to keep. Our premiums sit, sit at less than $100 for a single person against the national average of 380 to $400, that's, again, take-home income. Mind you, they have free primary care medical and free primary care musculoskeletal care available for them at any time. And through these changes, um, we've also been able to add, or add back into a student loan repayment program that uh, everyone qualifies for, and I think we spend almost $30,000 a month on that now, and all of this is off the savings of what I was previously or would be paying if I was in a in the system, if you will. And that's the thing that most employers need to understand is that they can take back control, put in the solutions that I put in, because I'm, I'm, no, I'm not a genius here. I just started asking questions. And 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 said, you know, that doesn't seem very smart or a very good use of our our funds. And again, at my core, I'm I'm the product of two depression era parents that never wasted, never never wanted to throw away anything because they lived through something like that. And and so those those conservative thoughts of growing up and and how we dealt with things never never are far from my mind. Well, curiosity um, breeds questions, which creates clarity, and that's exactly what, what you're talking about. So, Tim, I see you have the PT provider relationship for many Arizona sports teams. How did those relationships come about? Uh, lots of different ways, but it's, it's, it's all part of how we take care of our community. And um, we have uh, therapists who are very passionate about delivering care to professional sports teams, um, and they want to, you know, they want to work with these athletes. Uh, that's a lot of times why they got into PT. Uh, and so it's a it's a relationship here. It's a business relationship here. Um, and you know, quite honestly, it is making sure that they get the right care. Um, we've we've seen too often. Um, a lot of people want to be in professional sports, um, and there are some really, really good providers in professional sports, but there's also some 
great inexperience um, that we see in, in some of these folks as well. So you're also the CEO of Solve Global. Um, and I think that's somewhat recent. Talk to us about your role there and, and what your vision and what you want the footprint to be there. Sure. Well, when, when we talk about putting in primary musculoskeletal into an employer, that's what Solve Global does. We are a tech-enabled human maintenance solution for employers. Every employer carries a risk, both on the workman's comp side and on their group health side for taking care of their employees. And that risk comes with, if I don't have a solution to help my employees with their relatively minor things, those will turn into bigger things. And then essentially I'm trusting my checkbook to the healthcare industry, which is a dangerous proposition. So we return 25 cents on the every dollar that employers are spending today in their musculoskeletal back to them in the forms of cash because that's how much money we save them. And it is it it, it is it changes cultures and companies. They the employees all of a sudden get this great benefit that their employer is taking care of them, providing free access and free care for musculoskeletal injuries, keeping them healthy. They tend to be more productive, less absenteeism. Um, they tend to stay longer. And in today's retention and recruitment strategies, it's a huge thing for employers to be looking at. Um, and I, you know, I, it's it's in my own company. Now you'd think with a bunch of physical therapists that, gosh, we wouldn't have any issues. But when my our risk detection system, when I did it within my own company, our risk was actually higher than what I was seeing in the national norms, which was alarming to me because I wasn't hearing it, but our 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 reporting system allowed us to gather that information and then act on that data. And that that that's really what's key here is that we we gather data from the employees on an ongoing basis and continually process and prove to help to help that not only help that employee but really help that company thrive. Wow, so many things we talked about today. Um, our our time is up, but. Uh, it just flew by. I'd love to have some more conversation with you about some of these things. Tim, th thanks for your time today, sharing your thoughts about leadership. It was truly an honor to have you on, on the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Jay. It's a, it's a pleasure being here and and uh, and getting a chance to share 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 my feelings and, and beliefs, but more importantly, um, offer, a, offer some solutions that mm -hmm and some hope to employers that think that they're stuck, that they that they have to do something. Um, and in the field of healthcare, um, and nothing could be farther from the truth. There are more solutions that exist today, and I'm happy to help with that. Well, you're a great advocate for that. Friends, that's a wrap. We'll put a bow on this episode of What Leaders Want. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3, the experts in leadership development, coaching, consulting, and healthy uh, company culture. Canadis 3 develops people into leaders of people. Until we meet again, remember, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you, my friends, are a leader. Bye now. <laughs>